quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. William Shakespeare places these words upon the lips of Portia in his play, The Merchant of Venice. There is credible literary scholarship now that Shakespeare, in the midst of Protestant England under the reigns of Elizabeth I and James I, was a Catholic. More surprising still is that he used his plays to promote the Catholic cause, although in coded and hidden language. Portia's soliloquy on mercy is an attempt to save Antonio, the merchant, from a most barbarous payment of his debt to Shylock, the Jew, and moneylender. Because Antonio had lost his fleet of ships in a storm, he now has no goods with which to repay his debt to Shylock. So Shylock demands payment in a pound of flesh to be cut off Antonio's body nearest his heart. And this is to be done in public. Our Catholic senses recognise immediately echoes of Christ's payment of our debt to God in the crucifixion. Portia goes on to say that mercy becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. And while the scepter signifies earthly power and majesty, mercy is above this sceptered sway and is enthroned in the hearts of kings. Mercy belongs to God himself. And when mercy seasons justice, then the earthly power of monarchs is like to the power of God. Even that little encounter with Shakespeare lends credence to the claim of his Catholic faith. But before we leave the Merchant of Venice, it is even more fascinating to note that Portia of noble birth has much in common with Elizabeth I. So when in the last act of the play, Portia slowly makes her way home, Shakespeare deftly shows to the Queen, who would have watched performances of the play, that her true home is with the sacramental Catholic faith, not the novelty of the by now Puritan Protestantism that was in the ascendancy. He does this by both words and actions that echo clearly the words and actions of the liturgy of the Easter Vigil. It would be a digression to explore any further, but it is a fascinating question as to how Shakespeare got away with this, considering it is not only the Merchant of Venice where we find these coded references to Catholicism. Today, however, our minds turn to a later period in history, the time between the First and Second World Wars, when Christ entrusted his message of mercy to St. Faustina Kowalska. St. John Paul II, in his homily on the occasion of the canonization of St. Faustina, recalled those years to which he, St. Faustina, and many others, were witnesses and participants. The two wars and their lasting effects brought horrible sufferings to millions of people. The Pope was convinced that the message of divine mercy 
was not only helpful but necessary for humanity to hear. In fact, Jesus said to St. Faustina that humanity would not find peace until it turns trustfully to divine mercy. And just what is divine mercy? Well, God, who is most perfect, is not swayed by passions, nor can he suffer. But because he is infinite goodness, then he, by his divine nature, desires to remove whatever defects and tribulations are present in his creatures, especially the defect and tribulation of sin. Holy Scripture testifies most insistently to the mercy of God. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, from Psalm 103, among others. The most magnificent demonstration of divine mercy is the incarnation of the Son of God, who assumed a human nature for the purposes of our redemption. In this human nature, the Son of God could experience the movement of the heart in sympathy and compassion towards others. The evangelists, especially St. Luke, describe the mercy of the God-man towards all those in tribulation, especially towards sinners. We hear twice in the Gospels that Jesus wept at the sufferings of others. So while we cannot attribute human emotions to God, we can be in wonder and awe as we use human words, as we seek to speak of divine mercy. The Latin word for mercy, misericordia, helps us. It means a pain or misery, miseria, in the heart, cordia. Misericordia, that moves God to implicate himself in our suffering. It is more than just remote forgiveness. God in Christ enters in every way into our fallen human condition so that he can redeem and renew it. Only one who is both truly God and truly man can achieve that. And this is exactly who Jesus Christ is. In his human nature, Christ is man's sole way to God, and in his divine nature, God's sole way to mankind. Through Christ, God has given us the epitome of mercy, that our nature could be raised by the means of grace and given a foundation in the transcendence of God. Because of Christ, Mercy runs like a golden thread through our lives. It is this remarkable and unprecedented expression of divine mercy in him that Jesus revealed to Saint Faustina, as well as telling us what it means for us. The image and the devotion help us not only to express our gratitude, 
but to immerse ourselves in divine mercy and to grow in our appreciation and understanding of it. But the core of this message and devotion is a call and an encouragement to trust. Below the image of Jesus, as we know, are the words, Jesus, I trust in you. It is exactly this trust that Jesus wants us to practice in our lives so that divine mercy may bear fruit. But also he wants us to tell others about it. First, through being merciful ourselves to our neighbour, feeling their sufferings, their sorrows, their anguish. Then to speak words of consolation and words of compassion that spring forth from our heart because we have learned to trust him. Although sadly we cannot do this very easily now, every time we are in the presence of Christ in the tabernacle or at Eucharistic adoration, we are there in his real presence. Jesus told Saint Faustina that he dwells in the tabernacle as King of Mercy. From there he wishes to bestow graces upon souls, but that he experiences many who do not want to accept those graces because they are indifferent to his presence. Brothers and sisters, although you may have to do this spiritually at the moment rather than in real time and in your real presence before Christ in the tabernacle. I urge you now to open your soul to the graces that Christ wishes to give you. Show him your gratitude and your love. Jesus, I trust in you. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, Pray for us.
Divine love.